Beautiful. How y'all doing? Good? Good. <laughs> doing good? Y'all good? All right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Amen. Hey, it's, it's so good to see you all. You're looking good. And uh, welcome to Highlight Church. Let's honor our first-time guest again. Let's show them love. Thank you guys for being here. Um, I won't be long at all. Um, uh, there's a very uh, special man here, as well as his wife. Um, behind or with every great man is a greater woman. You know how it goes. And, um, you know, I didn't, don't have a script for this part, so I just wanted to speak from my heart for the next hour before he preaches. Okay, good. This, this is the good crowd. This is the 930 crowd. All right. At the 11, I'd say that, and they'd be like, that's not funny. So, okay. It works out better in my head. But, um, so, yeah, just uh, Pastor Ken Hester, I've known him for almost five years now. Um, when the church was me, Pastor Kyra, Chris, Judah, and Jaziel, um, we, we went to this conference, small conference in North Carolina, uh, and, you know, we, we had a lot of, a lot of faith and, a, and big vision, um, no resource, but a lot of faith and big vision, and uh, also a lot of unknowns, but um, he sat down with us, and he just spoke faith into us, and, and he loved on us, and he made us feel as though, as long as we were doing it for Jesus, that anything was possible. And um, if you've ever read Abraham and Melchizedek in, in Genesis, go ahead and allow that to be your homework. You'll know what I, what I mean there. That, that was a Melchizedek moment for us. We were just stepping out on faith from this huge mega church that had a lot of promises. You know, we were lined up for a campus, but God had called us out to, to scratch. And um, he affirmed us. He, he spoke life into us. And um, he's just been a, a, a sounding board in my life. Um, I remember our, our first Easter. I called him about two or three days after. I mean, Easter was great. You know, we had our first egg drop. People got saved. Lives were changed. But I called him, and I'm just like, I, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I just, I don't know. You, you go to a mountaintop, and you hit a valley low. But um, he just, he spoke more life. He said, you know, you're needed. You're called, you're anointed, you're blessed, God's hand is on your life. You need to keep moving forward because more people need this church. And so it's because of him that we're still here, and we need to honor God for that. Um, and honestly, when I don't have any answers, I've went to my wife, I've went to the Lord, I call him up. And uh, he's, he's bigger, he's went, he's went further. Um, Pastor Ken has over 15 years of leadership and ministry experience. He uh, launched Elevation Gaston in 2012. Uh, within five years, it went from 15 people to over 1,400 people. Um, now God has him traveling the world, developing pastors, developing churches. So he's here to, to preach the word of God. Um, I'm nervous about what he's going to tell me that we need to improve on. So I really just want him to focus on preaching. 
But as a church, we're going to help him focus on preaching. Are we ready to receive what God's put in his heart? Praise God. So with no further ado, I've done my part. Pastor Ken, come on up. Let's praise God for him. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you for that uh, introduction. Uh, that is, you know, I think that when, when God gives you a vision, you just need somebody else to believe in it. And, and that's for all your life. You've got a vision for your marriage. You've got a vision for your job. You've got a vision for your kids. You just need somebody else to believe in it with you. And that gives you the confidence and the courage to keep going. And so uh, I think that that's just what God has allowed me to be in, in your life is just an encouragement. It's, not, it's nothing that I say or do. It's just I'm saying, you got it. Keep going. And, and you need to look for those people in your life that, that you know that you can lean on when you've got a rough day. You know, it may be a friend. It may be a college roommate. It may be a parent. It may be a cousin. It, who, who knows who it could be? But it could be somebody that you don't even know. That comes up to you and, and says, bring Judah, crying Judah to the front of the room. You know, like I remember in this, we had this, I had this breakout session and there's probably about this many people in that session. And this amazing couple sat in the back and there were, Judah was crying and I don't know, how old was he at the time? Four months. So he's, he's like, like, shh, shh, shh. And I'm like, y'all just come on up here. Like, just don't worry about it, you know. Kids are kids, and we're just going to get through this. And, and to just be able to see that faith, because that, that faith is, is not just written in the Bible. It's lived out. And there's a difference between knowing Scripture and believing it. And so I know that this morning you're here because you're looking to believe in something. You're looking to believe in your marriage again. You're looking to believe in your job situation again. You're looking to believe in your finances again. You're looking to believe in something again, and you know that it's only found in Christ. And so I want to encourage your faith this morning by the pastor that you have, that he took that same faith that he didn't just read about it. He believed in it and said, we're going to leave comfort we're going to leave the land that we know, like, again, read Abraham, right? We're going to leave the land that we know in Florida, and we're going to go to an unknown land, Gaithersburg, Maryland. I remember getting the phone call, <laughs> like, we're going to go check out Mar- Gaithersburg, Maryland. And I'm like, but you're in Florida, you know? I'm like, I thought he might go to Tampa or, you know, like Jacksonville maybe, you know? like He's like, we're going to Gaithersburg, and praying for him that weekend and believing that God would just speak to him that this would be the place that he would plant a church. And then getting that phone call later and him saying, that, that's where we're going, we're moving. We don't, we don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. And that's the faith that, that, again, you need to mimic in your own life. And you can't, you can't reproduce miracles, right? You can't do them the same way, but you can do the same faith. That same faith will produce a miracle in your life. And so sometimes you need to borrow the faith of the person next to you. And so I'm giving you opportunity this morning to borrow that faith. And say, I don't know, I don't know about my situation. But if God did it for them, then I know he could do it for me. 
So, I, um, I, I feel a lot like, uh, like the disciple John. He wrote in 3 John, it's only one chapter, so if you're looking for something to read that you're like, and not be overwhelmed, you know, you don't want to start with Psalm 119 or anything, you know, like, just go with 3 John, and it's, it's just a few verses, but, but he writes this in verse 13, he says, I have much to write you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face, and and that's just it. Like, I've seen, I've, I've heard, I've experienced Highlight Church from states away. Through text messages, through Instagram, through voice memos. And, and, and I'm like, man, I, wanna, I, I wanted to write something back so bad. I'm like, man, why, not, why don't I just go and experience it face-to-face? And see you face-to-face and see the joy and see, see, see sometimes the struggle. Because the struggle, without struggle, you can't have true joy. And so, if you're in a struggle this morning, know that there's going to be another side to it. There's all, it you're always more joyous after a struggle. And because you've got through it, you've got through some stuff. So, I want to start off this morning with probably the only way that you're really going to love me. And that's by introducing you to my son, Isaac. Um, and so, Isaac is two years old. There he is. There's Easter suspenders, you know, come on. Show, give him one more. There you go. So we, we try, we, at first, you know, we, we thought we were going to do the, the sit down and make sure everybody's got, you know, their spot in the picture. He turns two next month, and there is no sitting down. There is no, there's none of that, right? So we just figured just candid pictures is going to work for us. So here's one more. And they make the best pictures, right? I mean, come on. Like, I can't reproduce that in any way. So he, uh, he's incredible. And I'll tell you a little bit more about him later. But um, I know I said in the video that I was going to bring him, right? Like, I, I, they may have shown you a video that I was coming and stuff. And it's like, I'm bringing Ashley. I'm bringing Isaac. But my parents decided that they wanted to keep him. And if you're a parent in this room, then you know. Those date days are few and far between. So if you get a date weekend, you're like, take my son. I love you. I will see you in two days. So uh, I just brought pictures instead. I figured that'd be, if y'all, y'all going to have to get over it because Ashley and I needed some time. Um, I'll share this scripture with you this morning. This is kind of like our chips and salsa, right? This is like gets us started, right? It's not the meal. But you got, you got to get some chips and salsa to start off, right? Come on. Somebody loves some chips and salsa. I know my wife's got me here. Okay. Um, so Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. And you're going to see a pattern here. And so I, I think sometimes when we get in Scripture and we see patterns, we start to skip ahead. And so what I want you to do is I want you to really look at the Scripture. And, and I want you to kind of zero in on what your season is. Don't just skip past it all. You know, what season am I in right now as we read this together? So for everything, there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, 
a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. There are seasons in your life. And so I want to ask you a question this morning. What season have you been in? What season have you been in? And, and I think that sometimes in our lives we're trying to figure out this scoreboard of whether or not we're winning. We look at our bank account and I know if I'm winning or losing. I look at my job and I know if I'm winning or losing whether or not I got the promotion or whether I got the raise or whether I got the bonus or whether I got recognized. I look at my kids and I wonder if, if I'm doing it right and if they don't yell at me or throw a tantrum, then <laughs> I might be winning. But I'm not really sure what season I'm in. And if I'm not sure what season I'm in, then it's hard to understand if I'm winning or not. And so the title of my sermon today is Don't Call It a Comeback. Because a lot of times we find ourselves wanting or experiencing a comeback season. Oh, I want that comeback season. Don't call it a comeback. You know, LL's got us right, right? We've been here for years, okay? Been here for years. Some of you that are younger than 35 might not get that reference, but, you know, Google it, okay? So um, I think in order to know if you're winning, you have to determine the season that you're in. And so this comeback season is kind of like, uh, again, some of you if, you, if you don't know Michael Jordan, Right. If you're LeBron fans, you just never knew Michael Jordan. You never saw him play. Okay, but Michael was winning in the wrong season. He took he took a he took a, a break from basketball and went to play baseball. The greatest player that I have ever seen stopped playing his sport to play a different sport. And I was like. Why would you do that? I have no idea. I don't understand why you do that. And he was winning in the wrong season. And so then he, then he came back. He, he recognized, he realized, like, he had some closure in his life. There's some difficult things that he had gone through, and, including the loss of his father. And, and so he, he decided that he was going to come back. He's like, yeah, it's my comeback season. Babe, can you give me that jacket right there? He said, he, he, I mean, he was ready. He's going to come back, and they were going to win another championship, and they were going to be good to go. And so this is how I see kind of in my brain how it went. This is how we do, right? We're ready for our comeback season, right? So... We like, we put the jacket on, we, we're ready to go, make sure that side of the room gets it, right? So, um, you know, no problem, I got you. So, you put, you put your comeback season jacket on, you're like, no matter what, this is it, I'm coming back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to win, we're going to take it all, we're going to do everything, and I feel amazing. But the difficulty is that oftentimes you put the jacket on, and it looks a lot like this one. It's jagged, it's torn, it's bleached. You know, it's like, it's, it, it's, it's disrupted. 
you, and you think, you're like, but, but it's my comeback season. It's like you can't, you, can't, you can't really read it. It's all kind of like, you know, like what? Is it, is it, uh, is it, is it supposed to be this way? And like you look at it and you go, there's like a patch missing here, right? And it's like, is it? I thought this was my comeback season. Like I thought, I mean, I thought I was going to be, you know, GQ ready to roll, but it, it, looks a, it looks a lot different. Like it doesn't really go with this outfit, but it's my comeback season. And, and I think that sometimes your comeback may not always look the way that you thought it would. And in Luke 24, I'll let you read that on your own, but you'll, you'll find it in verses 26 through 42. But John the Baptist is in prison. This is the guy that he laid the foundation for Jesus to come. Like he paved the way. He baptized Jesus. He was there when the Holy Spirit sent the dove, came in a dove form. He, when the, the word of God spoke, he was there. He experienced it all. He was born for this. And then he finds himself in prison, and he's like, Jesus, are you for real? He sends his friends to go and see Jesus and says, are, are you the one? He's questioned everything. Everything that he's known, everything that he stood for. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like you, you just, you're in this season, and you're like, it's supposed to be my comeback. This is, uh, this is where I'm supposed to be succeeding. But it comes out more confusing than comeback. And so you've gone through, you're in your comeback season, but actually it's a confusing season. Are you in the confused season? Because you've misappropriated your seasons. And you say, my, my comeback is where it needs to be, great. But maybe it's actually, I'm just confused about my calling. I'm confused about my direction. I'm confused about the situation that I'm in. And so that's your second season. Your first season is your comeback season, and, and you may be in that. You may feel good. You may feel like you're on the right track. You, but you may also be in a confused season where you're not real sure. You, you thought that it was going to be this way, but it, but it actually comes out a little different. Because confusion in life often comes through comparison. When you start comparing your life, and, and I don't know if, you, if any of you ever have a problem with Instagram or Facebook. Maybe it's just me. But that's a constant comparison, right? The thumb comparison as you scroll through life. And you say, well, well why were they at that party? Why, why didn't they invite me? Comparison. What about, why? man, I wish I, could go, I wish I had that kind of money to go on vacation. I wish that I had that job. I wish I had that life. I wish I, and you're living your life in misappropriately, misappropriately, right? I think I just made up that word, but that's okay. You know where I'm going. Because you go, right, well, if, 
if my house doesn't look like that, if my car doesn't look like that, if my job doesn't look like that, if my kids don't look like that, right? Because we want to we want to post what everyone what you think everyone wants to see, <laughs> right? Like yeah, that's why we try to share the candid ones, right? We're like, look, look, this is this is how real life is, and. And when you're in this confusing season, I think our circumstances can often lead us to doubt our faith. The same way that it did with, with John. Our circumstances lead us to doubt our faith. Everything that he ever knew, now he doubts. Because quite literally his head is on the chopping block. And so, Matthew 11, it, in verse 2, it says, if it says this is another version of, of the Luke scripture, but it says, Now when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another one? Everything you knew, gone in an instant. Gone with the loss of a loved one. Gone with the bad... Uh, diagnosis gone with how your kids are responding or not responding to the gospel gone with your job situation like in an instant you question everything and how do I know you question everything because I do <laughs> right like I know I'm not alone in this uh, like we 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 question Everything when things don't go our way. And, and what I realize in, in my life is that delay does not mean denial. And you may be in this confused season where like, I, I thought that it was going to, I thought my life was going to be this way. I thought I was going to be married. I thought I was going to have kids. I thought I was going to have this job. I thought I was going to have this house. I thought I was going to do all these things. But you are in the season that God wants you to be in. And, and as you learn in that season, your faith is strengthened. And so, you know, as I show you pictures of Isaac, it's like, that guy, man, look at that. That smile. Throw up one more picture of that smile. You can pick any one of them. They're all great. I'm, I threw them for a loop. They weren't a spirit. Look at that kid. Like, but you look at that picture, and that's the highlight, right? That's the highlight. That's the finished product. But what you don't see is the seven years that we went through infertility. What you don't see is the prayers that we prayed and the tears that we cried. What you don't see is the times that we questioned our own faith. The times that even when we questioned our faith, we stood and we worshiped because sometimes you got to fake it before you feel it, you know, like sometimes you got to say these words, you got to sing these words, even when you don't feel it. And you say, no, you know what? You look at this guy's face and we hold him now and even now. It's hard for me to remember what we went through. Seven years. Because the same way 
that you can question your faith with, you know, something that, that you didn't see coming happen to you, the same way the blessing happens the other, in the opposite way. So when the blessing comes, you forget. You forget all that stuff. You're like, it doesn't matter anymore. Who cares? That confusing season can go away in an instant. And so through, through seven years of, of being in a confusing season, I don't know what your seasons are like. But I know that God has a plan for them. Because there in the, in the scripture, I, I feel like we, we try, we, I'm guilty of only posting the scripture that I want to read in script, instead of the scripture that I need to read. And so I want to post about the promised land, but I don't want to post about the desert. Right? I want to post about the grapes and the milk and the honey and all the good things, all the things that the Israelites were going to experience, but I don't want to post about the dry times. I don't want to post about the 40 years. And, and I think when we fail to share about our confusing seasons, then we don't allow people to go along those seasons with us to encourage us or for you to be encouraged by someone else who's going through the same season because you've isolated yourself into saying, well, I'm the only one that's going through that. Through, through two miscarriages, through multiple surgeries, through an IVF procedure failed, God gave us this blessing. And through our confusing season, through what we thought were comeback seasons, when we, when we got pregnant and we'd lose a child, and we'd get pregnant again and we'd lose a child, through those seasons where we, this is our comeback season, it looks a lot different than we thought that it would look. But through those confusing seasons, they led us to championship season. They lead you to championship seasons. Your comeback seasons, your confusing seasons, they lead you to championship seasons because the drought will always end. The drought will always end. In 1 Kings, you may know the story of Elijah and Mount Carmel where it had been a drought for years. And God told him to go up to this mountain and to proclaim the name of the Lord over the things that were distracting the people. And he went up, and he called down fire, and he called down rain, and he, he, that drought ended. And I think that in our lives, we've got to be reminded of the Scripture, reminded of the stories like Isaac, reminded of the stories in your life that you've seen God's faithfulness. Because... You can't get to that championship season alone. Michael Jordan, as he's coming back and he's doing all these things, like he's not one man doing it. He's got a whole team supporting him along the way. And if you're looking for a church that will support you in the good times and the tough ones, this is it. This is your church. This is the one that you say, well, I don't know. I've been to church before, and I'm not real sure, and I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know 
the direction that I'm going in. And I'm telling you that this championship season is around the corner. If you, if you think about light, right? Light shines through anything. It shines through anything and everything. It shines through a flashlight, right? It, shine, it shines through broken glass. It shines through some of the most difficult times in your life, and it's not always going to be clear, but it will always shine through. And sometimes the most beautiful things come from the brokenness. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen a, 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 a broken like glass that the light is shining through? It gives you all these colors and rainbows and, and different perspectives that you don't get if you just live in the same season. And you say, how do I get out of a confusing season? How do I get out of a comeback season? How do, I, how do I get to my championship season? I think it tells us this in Acts 16. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. The prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. So the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors opened. Everyone's bonds were unfastened. See, it's not what happens that affects you. It's how you process it that affects you. You can find yourself in a prison. You go, I don't even, I, I'm not supposed to be here. But it's how Paul and Silas processed it. They said, you know what? It, this doesn't matter. This season that we're in, it's not the end. It's just where we're at. So we're going to choose to flip it. We're going to choose to praise God no matter what. No matter what your circumstance, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, your prison can either paralyze your faith or propel it. What will you choose? Will you choose your, the prison that you're in, the season that you're in? Will that paralyze your faith or will it propel it forward? Because... It's your choice. We're praying to God. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've prayed to God to change my situation. And he said, you have that power. You have the power to change your situation just by changing your perspective. Changing it from focusing on me to focusing on him. And we wait and we wait and we wait for this championship season. We're waiting time and time and time again, like, God, just give me, give me the championship. But we negate the hard work that it takes to get to the championship. The hours and the struggle and the behind the scenes and what people don't see. You don't see all the times that don't end up on social media. You don't see all the times where we got text messages from people and they were praying for us. And you don't see the times that no matter what we were going through, God gave us championship seasons in different areas. Because I think sometimes we'll isolate just one thing in our life to be the season that controls all of our life. 
But I tell you that these seasons overlap. If you, if you work while you wait, your season will end faster. If you praise while you wait, your season will, will not seem as long. And so I'll, I'll never forget, it was our, uh, I can't remember what anniversary it was for our location. And we had the highest attendance that we'd ever had outside of an Easter or Christmas. We had 1,785 people show up to a normal Sunday, right? Like, Easter is like one thing, right? Like you kind of expect everybody to show up then. You expect everybody to show up at Christmas. But when you just say, we're going to celebrate what God's done and what he's going to do, it blows you away. And that was a championship season for us. But the same day that we had that champion, that championship was the same day that Ashley had our second miscarriage. We were so confused, so unsure. God, I thought this was my comeback. God, why would you allow this to happen on this day? And he wanted to remind me that no matter what happened in my life, no matter what was going on, he was, I was always in a championship season. And it changed my perspective to know that, you know what, not, I'm not going to be a championship, not going to have a championship in every area of my life all the time. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. And if you set that expectation, it's, it, you're going to be disappointed. But you've got to say, you know what, I might have a confusing season in my job, but it might be actually a championship season in my finances. I don't really like the job that I have, but it pays me really good. What, what is it that you need to change your perspective in? It might be a comeback season in your marriage, but a confusing season with your kids. It may be a championship season spiritually, but it may be a challenging, confusing season physically. Know that you're going through life with a purpose. You're going through life to continually build your faith, continually build your relationship with Christ. And the best way to do that is to share with other people that you're going through it. Nobody wants perfect people. Perfect people annoy me, okay? Like, you got it all together. Like, no, no one has it all together. And when we share in this struggle, when we share in our seasons, we're able to celebrate together. And so I think that some of you may be waiting. You may be like, I'm going to come to church, and I'm just going to be faithful. I'm just going to come even when I don't feel like it. And that's a good thing, but that's only part one, right? I'm in this confusing season, and so I'm not, I, I don't think I can share with somebody else that they should come to church or that they should give or that they should volunteer or that they should get in a light group. I don't, I don't think that... that I'm ready to share with someone else. But they're waiting for you to share with them the love of Christ. That even in the confusing seasons, he's with you. Even in those seasons, he's with you. And that's the hope. That's the hope that we worship about. That's the hope that we look for. 
That's the hope that we point people to. That's the hope that they need is that when you're in a confusing season, when you're in a comeback season that you don't even know that what it's not, it doesn't look like what you thought it would look like. When you share that, that's when people respond. That's when people are like, yeah, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't expect everything to be put together. That Jesus would just miraculously fix everything. It's all rainbows and butterflies. Like, that's not true faith. That's not biblical. That's not what we see. And so, back to Ecclesiastes 3.1, it says, For everything, there is a season. And we continue on in the scripture, and we, we miss the second part of verse 1. <laughs> it, it's like we skip past it. We're like, okay, there's a time for this, and a time for this, a time for this, a time for this, a time for this. But we miss the, very, the reason that he put verse 1 isn't in there is so that we would have a frame of reference for the rest of the times that we would go through. And a time for every purpose under heaven. The season that you're in is on purpose. The season that you're in is on purpose. Whether it's a rejoicing one or a struggle. The season that you're in is on purpose and you win through vulnerability. You win through being vulnerable with others. You win through sharing what God has done in your life, even if you're not sure about it right now. We won by sharing with as many people as we could our struggle, our journey, our story, not knowing if it would ever end with our son. But we were able to help so many more people go through the same thing because we shared what we were going through. And now we all rejoice and we all celebrate together, not just for Isaac, but for the seven, eight, ten couples that we know that now celebrate with their children because they found hope in our story. And who knows? Who knows through social media? Like, who knows? I, I got a text message from somebody the other day in London that said, through your story, I wanted to share that you encouraged my faith and that me and my wife are now pregnant. Like, the struggle that they went through, I had no clue. But God is waiting for you. The win that you're looking for is in your vulnerability. It's through sharing and through expressing, through saying, God, I'm just going to be vulnerable with you now. I'm angry about this situation. Like, there were many times we were angry. There were many times that we were frustrated. There were many times that we didn't just stand on the front row and praise Jesus, raise our hands. There were times where we just sat down and we cried. But if you don't believe that God is big enough for your failure, for your struggle, for your anger, then he won't be big enough for the breakthrough. So I share all that. I share all that this morning to, to encourage you, to let you know whatever season you're in, it's a season for you to share with somebody else, to encourage someone else, to bring someone else to experience Christ, even if you're confused, even if you're coming back. Maybe through that sharing, you'll experience the championship that you've been waiting for.
Let's pray together. God, we, uh, we come before you today and we just ask that, that you would free us, that you would free each person in this room to be vulnerable, to experience you in a new way. God, whatever season that they may find themselves in, God, pray that you would give them that perspective to know that there are some seasons that overlap. There's some seasons that they need to experience with you. It builds their faith. It strengthens them. And so, God, I... Uh, I just ask that your spirit would move in this room today. That it would not stay here, but it would carry through for the weeks and the months to come. That the notes that they wrote down, that the, the things that they needed to be reminded of would not just be something that stays in a Bible or, or finds its way to the floorboard of their car, but God, that they would, they would put it on a mirror, they would put it on a dashboard, they would put it at their desk and be reminded of your faithfulness. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if there's somebody here this morning that you found yourself in a confusing season, you've been asking for God to show you how to get out of it. Today's your day to experience a championship season with Jesus Christ. And through your vulnerability, through just saying, I, I need you, God. I need you, Jesus. Through that vulnerability, you can experience breakthrough. And so we're going to pray a prayer together as a church family. And if, if you're coming back to God, maybe it's been years, you've questioned him. But this morning you're saying, it's going to be different. Maybe this morning for some of you, it's, I've never known Christ as my Savior, but, but I want to change the season that I'm in. And I want to know that no matter what season I go through, He'll be with me. We're going to pray this prayer together, and, and if you'd like to pray it with us, and we, we invite you to. So church, repeat after me. Jesus, thank you for coming, for dying on a cross, for raising from the grave, so I could have a relationship with you. I turn from my old ways to follow you from this day forward. Has still bowed and I still closed. If you made the decision to, to make Christ your Lord and Savior this morning, we're excited for you. But there's something special with letting someone else know that as well. And so, again, heads bowed and eyes closed. If you made the decision to follow Christ this morning, I'd love for you just to look up at me. Just to acknowledge with someone else that God has done something in your life. Amen. Amen. Amen, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can we celebrate together, church, what God is doing in this room, what he's doing in this place? Come on, church. Give a big celebration. It's incredible. It's so great. And um, if you... If you made the decision to follow Christ today, and you, we would love to be able to just to, to give you a hug, to get to know you a little bit, and to, to help you take the next steps in, in knowing what that really looks like. And so stop by the tent before you leave, and we've got a gift for you. We want to make sure that 
we give you something that will say set you up for success. And uh, maybe you didn't look up at me in that moment. It's not about me. It's about what God did in your heart. And so we want to just and pray with you and, and really celebrate with you. Because today is the day that your seasons change. Today is the day that, that God does something brand new in your life. We want to celebrate that with you. One more time, church. Let's celebrate. Thank you. Thank you.